My name's David Brake and um, I go to the 10am service a few times. I've, uh, a few times in the year, Joe's brave enough to unleash me from the front. Um, today we're looking at the most important, the core beliefs of Christianity, the core event, which is the cross and Christ crucified. Um, but before we get to that, let's pray. Dear Father, please give us concentration and understanding of the cross um, and please help me to um, speak in a way that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, 2,000 years ago, um, after some trials before Jewish authorities and then Roman authorities, a Galilean carpenter called Jesus Christ was tortured and then executed in a barbaric way on a rough wooden cross. The Roman governor Pontius Pilate knowingly ordered Jesus Christ's crucifixion uh, in the clear knowledge that Jesus was innocent of uh, any charges deserving death. Now, we are hardwired to hate injustice, um, especially when we read the Daily Telegraph. Um, we hate to see a court find someone who is guilty uh, let free on a technicality. We hate to see someone who is guilty of a serious crime uh, for them to get a light sentence. But we hate even more when an innocent man is held to be guilty. Now, Christians see the torture and execution of Jesus as the most profound injustice in history. The one perfect man, the innocent man, was treated by Jews as a man guilty of blasphemy and by the Romans as a man guilty of rebellion against Caesar. Um, but, of course, there were no valid grounds uh, to inflict this torture and execution on the cross. So today we're looking at innocence and guilt. Now, Matthew 26 records the arrest of Jesus and then the interrogation between the Jewish authorities, the religious hierarchy. And the Jews wanted Jesus dead. And they wanted him dead as he claimed to be the son of God, but he was also a threat to their power. Um, he was attracting the favour of the people and he, most of all, he was exposing the hypocrisy of the religious hierarchy. And he was doing so in a more and more direct and profound way. But Jesus, when he was brought before the Sanhedrin, the religious hierarchy, um, he was silent. They were interrogating him and he didn't even engage with them until the high priest asked Jesus, was he the son of God? And Jesus said, yes. In Matthew 26, uh, 65 records the high priest's response. Um, then the high priest tore his robes. That was an expression of uh, anger or um, more than that, of rage. So the high priest tore his clothes and said, he has spoken blasphemy. Why do you need any more witnesses? Look, you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. And the Jews mocked him and spat on him and punched him and slapped him. They wanted Jesus dead. They were murderous. 
They wanted him killed. The problem was that they did not have the authority to kill Jesus. They needed the Roman governor to order an execution and he wouldn't, the Roman governor wouldn't be interested in some issue of blasphemy with this um, Jewish God. Now, that's the trial before, or the interrogation before the Jewish authorities. The trial before Pilate as a Roman governor is a study of someone who's been innocent being treated as someone who is guilty. So the Jews, um, this all happened very quickly overnight after Jesus was arrested. Um, there was the Jewish hearing and then uh, the Jews early morning on the Friday took Jesus to the Roman governor. The main charge they spelled out to Pilate, the Roman governor, was that Jesus claimed to be king of the Jews. He was therefore rebelling against Rome and uh, not being under the authority of Julius Caesar, the emperor. Well, sorry, one of the Caesars, the emperor. So when questioned by, um, by Pilate, Jesus admitted to being king of the Jews. However, it is clear that Jesus wasn't promoting a violent rebellion and Jesus was a king of a different sort of kingdom, a kingdom not of this world. So Pilate held to the position that Jesus was not guilty of any charge deserving death and Pilate recognised the true motives of the Jews. The Jews hated the Romans um, and they were not certainly not concerned for Caesar's honour. However, they were motivated by envy, envy of Jesus' success with the people, angry as to Jesus' challenge to their authority, uh, angry about his exposure of their hypocrisy and most recently uh, his clearing out of money changes in the temple. But the Jews pressed the idea of submission to Caesar and Jesus challenged to that. And the second facet to their pressure on Pilate to reinforce their position, the Jewish hierarchy stirred up the crowd threatening a riot and they said, crucify him, crucify him. Under this pressure, Pilate finally ordered Jesus' crucifixion even though he knew Jesus was innocent. Now, Pilate, of course, could have resisted the Jews. He had truckloads of soldiers. He had at least 600 soldiers nearby uh, at his disposal to squash any resistance. However, the, the life uh, of a low-class Jew meant very little to him. He certainly didn't want any problems with Caesar and he didn't want to uh, be seen to have a problem managing the, the Jews. He also needed, uh, for his day-to-day -day opera operations, he needed the cooperation of the Jewish leaders. So Pilate gave in to pressure and he ordered the torture and execution of Jesus um, due to political expediency and a very low view of human life. Pilate ordered Jesus' crucifixion, knowing clearly that Jesus was innocent. Now, of course, it was the Jewish leaders who were the prime movers in Jesus' death. But 
Pilate could not wash his hands uh, clean of responsibility, although that's what he tried to do. Pilate was guilty of shedding innocent blood, of sending an innocent man to the cross, knowing the evil motives of the Jewish leaders. And it wasn't just um, a quick, neat execution. It wasn't execution by lethal injection or a firing squad. Jesus was treated, Jesus who was um, clearly innocent, was treated as a man guilty of the most profound crimes. So Pilate knowingly sent Jesus to have his body broken and his blood poured out. So Jesus was scourged. The Romans used a multi-strand whip with pieces of bone and metal uh, embedded in the strands. And the whip was designed to tear away skin, flesh and muscle from the back, ribs and legs. The Roman soldiers then entertained themselves by mocking Jesus. They dressed him up as a king. Um, a crown of thorns was jammed on his head, causing punches to his scalp. The regal staff was used to um, hit Jesus repeatedly about the head. And then Jesus' lacerated and beat, battered body was then nailed to a rough wooden cross for him to die by blood loss, shock and asphyxiation. And that process took six hours. But what did Jesus' death on the cross achieve when we look at it back at it 2,000 years later? Is it some sort of morality tale? Um, an innocent man dies at the hands of evil, cruel people. Is there some sort of lesson in that for us? Well, the starting point of understanding the cross um, is that there is enmity between God and man and we are dead in our sins. Without Christ and the cross... Um, sorry... Yeah, so there's, we're dead in our sins. Without Christ and the cross, we're headed to death and inter, eternal separation from God and all things good. Now, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So what is sin? We don't use that word very much in our day-to-day -day lives. You don't really use that in the office, saying, Oh, have you sinned today? Or how's the sin going? Um, what is sin? Sin is rebellion against God, disobeying God and not living his way. We sin when we do not have God at the centre of our universe but have ourselves at the centre of our universe. So sin is when we live to please ourselves and not God. The result of sin is death, eternal death, eternal punishment. And as sinners, we're headed to hell and picking up speed and we're in need of a rescue mission. Says, has anyone seen The Martian, the film The Martian with Matt Damon? A few. There's not much culture in this church. <laughs> um, in the film, um, 
called The Martian, the, the character played by Matt Damon, the astronaut, has been left behind on Mars. The rest of the team left Mars to go back to Earth and they thought Matt Damon's character was dead. So off they went and this guy wakes up from swooning after he thought he'd been killed or they thought he'd been killed and he realised that he faced a certain death. Rescue was years away and he didn't have enough food or water or oxygen to survive. So how could he be rescued? Well, I won't be a spoiler, but um, the problem of sin is much bigger than the distance between Earth and Mars. Sin equals death. And we're helpless in our own strength to do anything about it. However, God didn't leave us on Mars. Uh, God sent a rescue mission in the form of his son, Jesus. Um, Jesus' mission as son of God was to come to earth to suffer and die to make a way of salvation so believers could escape the consequences of sin. So Philippians 2 from verse 6, talking of Jesus, says, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus is God. He is the perfect, sinless son of God, and he willingly took on the limitations of human form. He came to Palestine and lived in the dirt and poverty of an obscure rural village. Now, the, the mission of Jesus in coming to earth as son of God was to die, and not just to die, but to be put to death uh, through the horror of the cross. Jesus died in obedience to the Father, and in fulfilment of prophecy. But more importantly, Jesus did this as an act of love, uh, of total sacrifice so that believers could have life eternal. So Jesus died to make a way of salvation through the spilling of his blood. And Jesus, the Son of God, went to the cross voluntarily. Jesus, when he was on the cross, uh, was cajoled by the passers-by and they said, and the chief priests, and they said to him, if you're the son of God, come down from the cross. But the fact is that Jesus stayed on the cross voluntarily. He stayed there by choice because of his love for his people, for believers. The fact is the cross is where justice and mercy meet. From the view of justice, we as sinners are guilty because of our sin and deserve punishment. But Jesus, the innocent, the perfect, stood in our place and took the punishment we deserve to satisfy justice. However, mercy is served uh, in that Jesus won life for believers due to his work on the cross. We have life, believers have life because Jesus sacrificed himself. And this status as believers is final and secure because Jesus' work on the cross is complete. It is finished. 
Well, what's at stake for you today? The choice is simple. On one side, to be saved, to come to faith, um, to have relationship with God for eternity and to enjoy all good things, or on the other side, eternal separation from God and all things good. I'll just repeat that. So on one side, what's at stake? Well, on one side, to be saved, uh, to come to faith and relationship with God, to have a rich life on earth and then to enjoy an eternity with God and with other believers, or on the other side, eternal separation from God and from all things good. So what do you do to become a Christian if you're not a believer already? Well, first, you acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you fall short of what God requires. You deserve eternal death. We all deserve eternal death. We're all in need of rescue and there's nothing that we can do, like that guy on Mars, there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. But second, we need to repent. We need to turn away from living for ourselves. And third, we need to obey God and to live for Jesus as our Lord, seeking to please him in all things. So our life no longer belongs to us. We're not Lord of our own lives, but Jesus, uh, for the believer, becomes the Lord uh, of our lives. So to close, at Easter, let's ask why are Christians so fixated on the cross? I mean, it must be a bit irritating to non-Christians to see all these crosses around. So why are Christians so fixated on the cross? Why are we as believers so obsessed with Christ, the cross, and Christ crucified? Well, this is because the cross is where God's justice and mercy meet, where innocence and guilt are exchanged. The innocent Son of God died and spilt his blood so that the believer can be delivered from the eternal consequences of sin and have life, both joy in this life and an eternity with God um, and with all things good. So for eternity we are before Christ and Philippians 2 from verse 9, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Are you a believer? If you are not, you must become one today, or you must seriously uh, look at where you stand before God. Do not ignore God's rescue mission. That bus could hit you at any time and Joe's going to talk about um, how we can help you with those things. Not with buses, but, <laughs> <laughs> but about explaining uh, the gospel. Well, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we um, thank you that you did send the Lord Jesus to suffer and die to make a way of salvation for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you that in obedience to the Father, 
but also um, because of your love for us. You did come to earth, you did suffer torture, and you did submit to execution so that we who are guilty could be counted as innocent. So for believers today, we pray that you'll strengthen us uh, in our understanding of the gospel. And for those here today who um, are not believers yet, we pray that uh, you give them understanding and clarity um, and a desire to live for you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.